hello and welcome to Book Wars Pod, which I'm pretty sure is the name of our podcast. Uh, Nailed it. Hi, my- Nailing it, Burb. <laughs> <laughs> what, what episode is it, Miranda? <laughs> I was getting there. <laughs> Were you? Yeah, well, because I was going to make it because I always like to say it's at the Book Wars podcast because that's aggressively not the name of the pod. But for those of you who are questioning, this is episode 160. We are covering Dr. Afra from scene 24 to the end. Uh, this is an audio drama, or if your brain doesn't work like mine, you can also read it as a book. And the screenplay is by Sarah Kuhn. Um, yeah. According so to the, I, I just discovered this this week, according to the audio drama, narration uh it is pronounced kune it's written by sarah kune that was chris kate and Kristen are also here they put me in charge of the intro (laughs) (laughs) and now we're here oh my god uh what, what are you guys drinking let's let's just get into it oh fuck me oh i should go get some tea chris did you come without a drink he you missed no your beverage. window. Yeah, no, you have to we, sit here now. We're yeah. starting this 45 minutes after we were supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you had fuck, plenty y'all. of time for a drink. Um, so Chris has absolutely nothing, which is... <laughs> make of that what you will. Um, I am drinking some... He's pouting. I, You know, that's... My husband. It's fine. Everything's fine. I am it's voluntarily fine. here. <laughs> I don't think everything's fine. Miranda, you have a K2SO glass. I don't have tea. It's glass. fine. I'm going to go thirsty. It's fine. Whatever. It's fine. What is in your K2SO glass today? So, first of all, it's K2SO. And then on the other side, <laughs> it's gin. Or so, oh. not gin the drink. We do not drink gin in this apartment. Um, Damn, okay. And I also, so I have two of these, and then I have two that have a stormtrooper and like whatever the fucking death trooper is on the other side. My sister got them for me for Christmas in 2018. No, a earlier good gift. than that. Earlier than that, I think. Whenever Rogue One came out, 2017. Yes. 2016. <laughs> <laughs> it was 2016. You know, we're doing great. Life is a blur. <laughs> and I'm just I'm trying trial. to remember like <laughs> I'm I'm doing my years based on where I lived, as in which apartment. And it was definitely 2016. That is the year that Rogue One came out. They are a great gift. Um, but in it I do have a drink. I don't just have an empty glass. I got a fancy one pint bottle. It is from our friends at Double Mountain Brewing, which is over in, uh, I think they're based out of Hood River, right? I think so. I know they have a place in Hood River. Let me see. I think they are based in Hood River. That's where their big one is. Yeah. So it is killer juicy, and then in very small letters, clearly not hazy, fresh hop IPA. (laughs) Love it. Uh, it's really good. Where are the notes? Fresh hops, straight off the vine, lend their dewy aromas of sticky mango, ripe orange, and summer peach. With hops this fresh, it's the right decision. Clearly, there is some poor grammar on this. Should have paid me. <sighs> Maybe they, they were will. drunk when they wrote it. Ah, I mean, well. fair. It's good. I mean, it. It's only 5.4% alcohol by volume, but it is pretty mm. good. And they have some other good beers as well, including strong IPAs. So mm-hmm. is anybody else drinking anything or did we just all show up with I nothing? I, I I have green tea. I want it to be known that we have been recording for less than five minutes and Chris has already shown up with no drink, talked over <laughs> Miranda and threw something on the floor that sounded very heavy and I don't know what it was. <laughs> Drop my phone on the floor. It's all fine. Why are you throwing your phone on the ground? I'm sorry. Sometimes where is your phone your more hand? often than not? What if you eat my entire ass? It's a great point. Holy crap. Kristen, what do you got? Uh I am drinking uh spindrift uh 
grapefruit, but I mix it with more other plain sparkling water. Everclear. It's too flavorful. (laughs) It gets a little too crazy for you. (laughs) It's too flavorful for you. It's a Tuesday night, you know. It's a little little spicy. Sounds about white. It's too seasoned. (laughs) No, anything that has like real fruit in it, I generally water down because otherwise it's too sweet. It's very can't strong. Deal with sweet. I know it's a strong Spin, flavor. Spintrips have about. strong flavor. Because they use real fruit instead of the extracts. Oh so God. I know. Sure. Listen, That'll just happen. it is what it is. I, I came with something besides water, okay? <laughs> I tried. You know, you know, you know what you came water. <laughs> it's you know what it's flavored water and you came with anything. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> Oh, cool. Good job, everybody. Um, uh, Chris, are you going to tell us about our thing? Or Kate, do you want to tell us about the cause? Or just Miranda? I'm That's very the next thing in the outline. Should stop leading the conversation now. <laughs> oh, I can. God. It's been going well so far, though. Um, so well. as a reminder, as a reminder for this uh, book, while we read slash listen to Dr. Afra by Sarah Kuhn, uh, we are encouraging people to look at to uh, look into and donate to the hashtag Books Save Lives campaign at We Need Diverse Books. Uh, it employs a three pronged strategy to directly address book bans and champion diverse titles. Uh, it's raising awareness, providing resources, and creating positive change while supporting the educators, authors, and children most affected by the book bans in conservative states. So you can go to diversebooks.org slash programs slash books save lives and support them there. Pew, pew, you know, pew, don't, indeed. Donating to them means that you you can just preemptively stick it to your uncle that you hate at Christmas or whatever. So um, I was going to say shove it up Mitch McConnell's ass, but that works too. I like that. Tell, tell your uncle you're personally making children gay. <laughs> Spreading the gay agenda. I think they think that about me already. I mean, they're not wrong. It's just that, <laughs> it's just that no one should have a problem with it. <laughs> Herb is a well-known agent of the gay agenda. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I am uh, here to spread the agenda. Speaking of gay agendas. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? That's pretty good. That's you know pretty that's, good. That's I like far it. from the worst segue we've ever like had it. on this pod. I like it lots. Uh, we're, yeah, so Dr. Afra, super gay. We love it. Oh, man. I So we finally... We, God. Okay, so we finally get to the part. I just like, she's so fucking gay. It's just like, how does it's, this not... It's just like... She, she like is that... Y'all have seen that gif, like that's like a made in like paint of the guy like barfing a rainbow onto somebody. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's her. That's <laughs> she's she's barfing. The gay all over the galaxy. Um <laughs> it's just everywhere. <laughs> Prison. Um <laughs> ship. <laughs> Darth Vader. <laughs> that should be my walkie noise. <laughs> Yeah. This is all right. We're having we're having we're having a day. This is the quality content y'all have come to know and love from us. Um, but what I was gonna say was, um, I that moment where it's finally revealed that she's like this entire narration is for Sana was just like I don't know. It was like I'm just like this is probably like Loki one of the most romantic things in Star Wars like ever like actually, um. And yeah, I know she she did all this for a girl, and I just like I am obsessed with that entire concept. Like that's a mood, right? Right. My like favorite, <laughs> my favorite part was literally, I didn't make this recording just to tell you that you look great. Me, yes, you did. Oh, at one thousand percent. You did one thousand percent. Oh my god, it's 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 that's, it's excellent. That's exactly what this is. <laughs> <laughs> this recording is a love letter. I do not make the rules. Mm-hmm. It's, also, like, it's oh, true. Oh. So I'm especially not making the rules. Yes, and a lengthy one at that. Um, so we were talking last week a little bit about like Afra as a character and how reliable she is as a narrator. So, um, and also like, did 
whether or not we thought she was even like um narrated to somebody in the first place just like because in the first half so um yeah i guess the question is like how how did this like reveal kind of change your framing around the story afra's motives afra's reliability etc i still have questions about the motives like i mean well i I guess she's narrating all of this afterwards. So now it, I'm I'm doing active um, critical thinking about this book live on the podcast. <laughs> uh, if she did all the narration, listen, after- there's a first time for everything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, things didn't super end well with them uh, in the actual action part of the plot. Um, and like I too, if I were, you know, a, a galactic doctor of archaeology, obsessed with my ex girlfriend, I would absolutely do that. I don't <laughs> like with the. I think the goal or the point of it is like for Sana to listen to it after Afra dies. So I don't know, like, other than an "I've always loved you," like the the point of it is. But seems gay to me. I don't know. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it's like a mix. Like on the one hand, it's not like Lando narrating the Calrissian Chronicles and Solo <laughs> levels of like self-aggrandizing, but also I think there is an element of like making sure she looks cool or like highlighting the aspects of herself that look cool. I mean, you know that said i think there is listen when you hang out with darth vader crazy shit happens so like i do i do think that it's like largely thought to be like reliable um but you can you know definitely hear in the narration like there's parts where she was like and then i did totally cool shit and then it like cuts back to the like actual like memory and it's like and then afra <laughs> fell on her face <laughs> can't relate Oops. I think I think knowing that it, she is addressing this to Sana for me, like going back and thinking about all the stuff that she's talked about in part one, like a lot of that stuff is like all the way embarrassing that she like did not have to bring up. She'd be like, I to- she she didn't have to be like, I I I absolutely did not fall into a window and get in trouble with a professor in grad school. That wasn't me. Like she didn't have to be like I fell off the Washington Monument in the middle of Space College on top of you. <laughs> that didn't do that. Yeah, well, you know, like these are things she, like, she did not need to bring up. And they're like, not necessarily moments where, you know, she's at her best. Like, even even if she's hoping that Sana's going to find this stuff, like, kind of endearing to recall. Like, if they ended things on bad terms and you're bringing up all this stuff, if it was me, I don't know, this is me being a cancer, but like, if it was me, I'd just be like, oh my God, you're so exhausting and manipulative. And she is, and also there, it's like, I, there, there, there is definitely a part of her that's being fucking sincere. So, yeah. It's I, a trap. <laughs> <laughs> she's just like, she's just like, she's such a multi layered character because there's the bravado on the top, there's the trauma and the hurt um that 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 causes that veneer of like i'm just gonna do crime and not care about anybody and then the trauma also creates this even deeper layer of like i am desperately lonely and i have been for a very long time and i don't know how to connect to people and this and that so yeah i many things it's almost like she's a good character (laughs) she's great you know she has manipulated manipulative there you go nailed it um you know and it's you know i think this is you know her trying to guilt sauna after she's dead um but you know i agree with you it is sincere i do think it is still very much a love letter because there's literally no reason like you said to include i fell through a window (laughs) But, like, we find out it's, like, the first time that they really interacted. And it's, like, hey, remember when we met? It was super cute. And by cute, <laughs> I mean uh, you saved the day because I was endearingly a dumbass. When does, when does Sana not save the day? Just, like, 
great question. You know, just like over here, just getting fallen upon and breaking someone's fall, just literally. Like, it's just like, just black women and, their, and the backbreaking labor we put upon them, like, personified wild shit. Um, yeah. I think also, like, the narration and its accuracy or lack thereof also, like, is meant to be more revealing about Afra than she intends. Like, you mm-hmm. have all these moments where, like, she is trying to, like, m- clearly trying to make herself sound cool and then slips into, you know, reminiscing and monologuing and stuff and then, like, has to stop herself and then be like, uh, a computer, delete that part. Mm, I like, love those bits, yeah. Like, it's a much more... I think personal view of it because you get to see her mistakes and see that she is not always this very put together, like can think her way through any situation persona that she comes across as. And I think that, you know, even in the comics where you don't have this like running backdrop and you only see her actions, uh, like you definitely, she comes across as this character who is, you know, who can think her way out of anything like you know for better or for worse it's not always the right decision but like it'll work and i like i I feel like the narration aspect of it shows that she does make mistakes and she does lack self-control sometimes and so that's just a i think a really cool way to do that yeah i think no go ahead burb she's very vulnerable is the word Mm. yes that i would use there and i think you know, yes to what you said. And, you know, like, I think that if this were, if she were doing, maybe if she were doing it to her, like, just for her own, like, I'm a badass, I'm gonna make a narrative recording. But if, if, if she was doing this with the intent to, you know, have anyone else find it, have anyone else listen to it, I don't think that vulnerability would be there. Because, like, you know, we've seen in the narration and in the the action parts of it, like, you know, she gets, like, a soft little baby when Sana's around, which is fair. So, like, yeah, she's going to be soft in this shit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, One thing I want to just highlight is I... So we listened to the, I listened to this a while ago because we were supposed to record about this a while ago. And then we all died for reasons why we died. Please see previous episode. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> um, so I had, I had almost forgotten about the, those bits where she's just like, Oh, delete that. No, wait, put it back in like that. Like kind of like self editing. Like the fact that we are list with that, that, that it, that suggests that we are listening to her record this and like quote unquote in real time. And I think that, kind of lends the credibility of her or for her narration because like she listen every storyteller can benefit from a good editor and she <laughs> um and she you know she she's giving us like this sort of like definitely self-aggrandizing but also like in terms of just her just like those moments where she slips into that vulnerability like she can't help herself and she has to go back and edit it out um so i think just like us being able to see that happen quote unquote live um kind of adds to not just like her reliability but also just what makes her endearing because like there are these moments where she's like where it's like oh right you are not just a sociopath like this is what sets you apart from triple zero or you know or like or any of the or the god what the fuck is the other murder girl's name bt thank you um i (laughs) um like this is what makes you not just another one of the, these like machines that you are trying to dig up to just cause absolute chaos and mayhem. Like there is a person under there. Um, so, yeah, stuff, things. Oh, I had a point. <laughs> yeah, I. It's gone. The point is gone. Oh, no. It was oh. gonna be more yelling about gay shit, though. Probably. Well, Twist. Th- those are the vibes. <laughs> it's you know that's that's this whole. That's just, that, that is the story. The story is gay shit. It's gay um, shit. Well, if it comes back to you, we will see. Start start waving and flapping at me. I don't know. Whatever. Um, I'll just start squawk. I'll do my Wookiee noise again. <laughs> Please don't do that. <laughs> I, I don't 
I don't prefer it. <laughs> it sounds <laughs> like not that like that. Yeah. That, that was me. Yeah, that was me. That wasn't me. <laughs> sounds like you're dying. <laughs> if that if that sound drop is the bright center of the universe, Miranda is on the planet that it's farthest from. Yike! Damn. See what I did there? Sick burn. Did you get it? Oh my god. I'm gonna leave this podcast, man. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's just burp abuse. Oh Came my. out for a good time. I waited oh for you to show up god. without a drink. <laughs> <laughs> and I am feeling so attacked right now. <laughs> um... Speaking of people who are feeling attacked all the time, can we, I just want to talk about Vader again real quick. Um, just because I I am fasc- I am I am fascinated by on the one hand, it's like really interesting to think about Afra as a person who can pull one over on Vader, because one would think that if you're force sensitive and you're very powerful, then you can kind of read people's intentions and things like that. But then I also remember that this is Anakin fucking Skywalker and he can't read. So <laughs> they don't teach um, that in Jedi school. They sure fucking don't. <laughs> that's why the sacred texts were so important. Oh my God. No, that's Sith don't learn how to read. That's how they kept everything so fucking secret. Um by writing it down. Um so Chris, you're like rocking back and forth and it's making me motion sick so he's like sp- he's like spinning his chair back and forth and like and we're all on camera so we can see each other we'll try to see each other while we're talking so we don't talk over each other as little as that works but chris is like just like in a spinning chair just like rolling back and forth and so like i see the motion ex- and it's just like it's motion sickening out. so thanks for that mm-hmm. chris say something say something about vader so i don't have to um yeah i mean i i always <laughs> enjoy the like like Darth Vader still has this air of infallibility that we get from the original trilogy, which is very much no longer who he is in, you know, canon any, you know, going back to the prequels. Like Thank obviously Anakin that. is not that guy. Um and <laughs> so it's always really funny because you have this public and it's public in universe as well, vision of him as this, you know feelingless robot who cannot be tricked and cannot be bargained with and all this shit um and then you get someone like afra who like will not take no for an answer like to the point where it will kill her one day with her arguing against it and so you do have her kind of like triggering some of anakin's insecurities like making him feel like he might have made the wrong decision at some points like in like trusting her or not trusting her and so it's like i don't know it's always just like a very funny it's like a i don't know they they have a very like big dog little dog friendship vibe between the two of them <laughs> oh my god i i kind of love that please say more just like you know he is the protector and the one who everyone's afraid of and then she's fucking scampering around in the background barking and annoying people and actually like accomplishing <laughs> shit stealing millions and millions of credits yeah oh my fucking like God. doing all the dirty work that he like isn't able to do like because you know for <laughs> because he's too recognizable or too public or just because he's not smart enough like he would not have it would never have occurred to him to steal those credits like that in a he's... way that was subtle Right. Yeah, he's he's very much a uh, blow up the planet, crash through the wall, and like grab the credits and run as fast as he can, kind of guy. Yeah, more no, more like accidentally blow up the entire fucking ship, and the credits are melted, and they're worthless now, kind of guy. Yeah, like Anakin <laughs> is that. a well, look at it this way: nobody else has the credits, kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's we stopped the empire up. from getting the credits, Obi Wan. <laughs> Wait, wait, that's literally that's not like how any of this works, but <laughs> a summary of the Clone Wars cartoon right there is yeah. like what's that's the that's the whole plot. Um, <laughs> is Anakin no Anakin destroy? Um, I feel like if if like Anakin has big raccoon energy, then Afra has like big squirrel energy. Yes, <laughs> I agree. I I think that's that's really just the same thing as the big dog little dog <laughs> energy, but. <laughs> slight tweaks to it 
I God, I love that. I'm gonna be thinking about that for a while now. Don't say things that are smart. It bothers me. Oh my goodness. Anyway. But yeah, and I also I always love like moments where Vader is like revealed to not be the smartest one in the room. Like, you know, we saw that in Thrawn Alliances in both the flashbacks and the current timeline where Thrawn and Anakin slash Vader were working together. We've seen it in other things. Um, and it's just, it's always nice to see that because that is a reflection of his, of his human self in a way. And like, that is part of what makes him Anakin. Like my favorite thing was when the Clone Wars season seven, the last season came out and there was that new scene of like, Anakin and Padme talking and Padme's clearly pregnant. Oh my and god. And all these people were like, how would he have not noticed that his wife who he is looking at is pregnant? And I'm like, I want you to say that sentence again back to yourself, <laughs> but really listen to it. Because like obviously he wouldn't notice. He's a fucking moron. Like that is like part of the tragedy of somebody like Anakin is he is like endowed with all these amazing tools and this prophetic galaxy shifting potential and like little itty bitty walnut brain like <laughs> he he cannot think of more than one thing at any given time this is correct so just, like he is doug he is doug from up <laughs> there there are so many memes about how he and ahsoka and obi-wan just like pass the brain cell around for the entire of the clone wars cartoon and that is so like goddamn cats. true I was, I was just gonna say they are all orange cats <laughs> they are orange cats <laughs> Oh man, that mm. I like the animal now. We should say y'all. We're doing great. It's really on point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. This is now Bookwars podcast, but with animals in space. Yes, that is I the name that. of our podcast. I know. Well, you put know, that, if you put that at the beginning, <laughs> listen, tales of, tales of the Jedi just put a new like flavor of Tuka cat in into into the canon, so. I just want one so bad. Can't have enough tukas. They look so cuddly, even though I know they will scratch my eyeballs out because they're feral. So you're going to get murdered by one of those, babe. I know. All right. Um, Moving a little bit away from just, um, you know, deep analysis of character. There are a few um, cross-media connections that we can point to here. We talked a little bit about Chrysanthemum already. Um, He shows up in... Um, Book of Boba Fett, uh, which is his, his first live action um, appearance because he he originates in the comics. Um, I just he's just he's just ridiculous. I like I just love his character so much. Like we don't I don't I feel like we don't know a ton about him, or maybe we do in the comics, which I don't really read. But Chris, you can correct me. We don't by this point. There there is more since then that has okay. come out. But okay, fair like, enough. Or, or rather, we. There wasn't stuff that was skipped in this audio drama that was in the original Vader run. There yeah. are future comics after this original Vader run came out that talk a little bit more about him. They like just talk about him being a gladiator? Or... Yeah, basically. Oh, okay, okay, okay. okay. Um, which is basically slavery, which is always good. Wookiees famously, you know, have great times mm, with that. Mm, mm, right. Um, yeah, so there, I mean, there are like some, some like facts about his life honestly part of the reason why I, there are a lot of reasons why i want a season two for book of boba fett um but one of them is because like i just like i just i i think chrysanthemum is a really interesting character like uh like obviously he was like created to be like evil chewy but i think he's like there's a lot of potential there for him to kind of like grow beyond that um especially because uh obviously that he's got his like conniving like evil doing crime side but there's there's something in him that Afra connects to or she thinks she connects to in terms of his like traumatic past and I think I don't know I just think he's neat <laughs> I don't know I th- I loved that part though every time and like I'm probably projecting the vibes onto it because I did not actually listen to the audio drama but every time she's like we made a contact he feels it we have a connection. <laughs> I'm like, get it. <laughs> this is very funny. You are just projecting friendship onto this Wookiee. <laughs> I do love that reading of it. No, I mean, I I also find him really interesting because, like, I mean, A, we've never seen, at least in canon, I don't know the depths of Legends, but 
we have never seen a prominent at least evil wookie before and so that mm. in and of itself is fascinating to see especially since like in a lot of the depths of legends wookies kind of acquired this very like uh colonialist like noble savage Ugh. awkwardness to it very achy. um and so like seeing someone like chrysanthemum who is like chewy's foil who has you know the intense strength the you know unshakable loyalty in you know the face of getting nothing out of it uh and you know all these qualities but is also like firmly committed to a life of murder and crime he just he just wants to commit violence yeah and so like that's like that is fascinating to me and it's also it's it's interesting with afra too because like in her own way afra is a foil of so many of the good characters that we see not like a one-to-one foil like we see necessarily with chrysanthemum and chewy but like there's elements of leia in her for sure there's elements of han solo which is like part of the reason that scene in the second half of this book where they're like shooting at the fucking bees nests over each other's heads is fucking (laughs) Fucking hilarious incredible (laughs) like it's like this fucking idiot who would do something oh fuck like (laughs) oh fuck now we're both we're both running okay yeah crunch yeah and yeah and then fucking banging into each other like fucking looney tunes cartoon yes like so so it's like you know I think Chewie is a great foil to that. And then obviously, like, taking that even further, you have Triple Zero and BT. Like, you have, like, the Hero Idiot Squad and the Evil Idiot Squad. Like, uh, and 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 so I love that we have Chrysanthemum as a part of that. But also, like, I agree with you. Like, Chrysanthemum is one of the main reasons I want a season two for Book of Boba Fett. I want a season two for Book of Boba Fett for many reasons. And all of them are unlived up to potential in season one. Mm. Um it just i'm of the opinion that it was fine but it could have been so much it could be so much better mm-hmm. uh and so like i'm excited to see more of chrysanthemum's actual personality it'll be interesting to see if they do come back and bring him back in live action if we get a firsthand view of some of his past and how he got into you know bounty hunting and enforcing for the huts and things like that and like what other employers have betrayed him like we know he doesn't like Trandoshans from ripping that dude's arms off in Book of Boba Fett. Okay, but what Wookiees do like Trandoshans? This is true. Famously, not friends. But yeah, so I I don't know. I, I just love that aspect of him and combined with the ability to like really give him his own backstory and character. Right. And also, like I want to know, like what's his relationship to Kashyyyk? Because it's like, did he get like booted out of here because he was a bad boy or like what that's a fantastic you question. know like i could definitely see the book as being like exile goodbye do not do not pass go do not collect 200 credits um so yeah because it all we've seen of kashik is this very strong close-knit like tribal mm-hmm. community which again like is it very very stereotypical and like uh kind of colonialist like orientalist view of it yes but also like that is what we've seen in canon and he very clearly doesn't seem to fit into that in his current form so it'll be interesting to see how if we get the chance how that plays out i also want to see his relationships with like different characters Mm. especially because like this one it's pretty one-sided like the view that we get um other than just regular like Hey, bounty hunter, do you want to go in on a shit with me? I'll give you yeah. more money because I like you. Um, and so, like, I mean, it's, it's probably just going to what you said, Chris, about his, you know, personality and stuff. But very interesting. I hope we see more of him in many media. <laughs> Indeed. Um, one last, one other... Um, disconnection that i want to talk about quickly Afra gets thrown into sunspot prison which is um this really infamous um you know detention facility abolish all prisons um come on rebellion anyway um so the rebels take it over from the empire and they throw people in there and it is uh known for being extremely unpleasant because it gets 
fucking hot in there and then you just roast. It seems real bright. I feel like uh-huh. you can't sleep there. I, I think yeah. they mentioned not being able to sleep there, which is like an actual torture tactic. Yeah. yeah, like let's literally just leaving the lights on mm-hmm. all the time I've, is I've like seen, shit I've they got in Zero trouble Dark for 30. at Guantanamo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what's like it just sounds enormously unpleasant for many reasons, uh, speaking as a person who sweats too much and really likes to sleep. Um, but it, we we have we have seen Sunspot Prison at least in one other place, or have had it mentioned in one other place, um, which was in the Battlefront video game, um, when um, Aiden and Dell are thinking about like planning their defection, and they're just like, "What if the rebels just throw us into jail? We could go here, and it would fucking suck." Um, just I I don't think we've actually like had the the the, the full sunspot prison experience, as it were, though before we um get to Afro. So just hang hanging out in there for for a few scenes just really paints a picture. It doesn't seem great. Now, also, it's very it funny like, because. Sorry, go ahead, Burp. It just seems like everyone dies. Also, when they're trying to like do whatever fucking escape nonsense is happening. Yeah, that didn't go well, did it? Seems like a bad place. Yeah, it's very funny, and you know, it a bit of a digression from Afra specifically, but like, it is funny how there's this whole plot line in the comic, and now that gets kind of halfway thrown into the audio drama from Afra's perspective about no, we don't kill people. We do this humane alternative of keeping them in a like massive floating torture chamber instead. It's like just the lack of imagination of white Star Wars creators to imagine a uh, post-prison society. It's just very funny it's, and it, not it does not exist directly. This, but it's just <laughs> when when Leia's arguing for it, I'm like, yeah, this was a choice. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's funny in that uh, kind of way. Which is just my favorite. You know, it's... I could galaxy brain and say that says something about, you know, the Rebel Alliance and are they better than the Empire? Like, yes, but it's not It's not a great thing to do if you want to be the beacon of light in the galaxy and then you're literally like, ah, yes, a beacon of light. What a great way to right. keep our prisoners in line. Just they were they were having this discussion. Somebody gives that like inspired speech and mentions that phrase. Say that again. That gives me a great idea. Oh this was God. so not the point of this conversation. God. Help. But yeah, no, I mean, and I, and I think there's something to be said for the fact that it's a secret facility. Like so the existence of Sunspot Prison is not a propaganda victory for the rebels. They don't like you know talk about it and say you know we have this war criminal in sunspot prison because you know at a certain point tactically like terrible idea yeah well and and also just like again like there's levels the empire and the rebellion are not the same etc disclaimer but like oppression is oppression and like you don't want to paint that picture and it's very intentional that they don't do that mm-hmm. it's the same reason like thinking of andor that Luthen stays behind the scenes because you don't want to think of the rebellion and the Aldani heist as things that are calculated and things that were intended to have this negative effect of getting the empire to push back. Um, I mean, spoiler for Andor, I guess Uh, it's not much of a spoiler, but like it's, you have this public persona of being the scrappy upstarts who are beating the big bad empire with nothing more than the clothes on your back a prayer to the force and like the power of friendship where and a, it's and like, really that's never been the case. <laughs> and and a magic yeah. wizard. Yeah, for sure. A magic, <laughs> a magic space wizard. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel like also, you know, that's, we see that elsewhere with Saul Guerrera. Um, mm. yep. You know, he's, he's like the violent extremist rebel and we can't have that in our emperor emperor empire this is a rebel alliance not an empire says mon mon god damn it (laughs) wow absolutely incredible words words are great but like you know here he is and i mean you could argue you would be correct he gets things done Mm -hmm. you know he definitely makes people notice that there is um you know, dissent 
in the Empire. But, you know, it like you said, there's very much an image that they're they're creating. And so folks like Bale and like Mon Mothma, like they're not super down with that. Because, you know, again, you can't really claim to be like a beacon of hope and good when the Empire is bad. If you have some guy like killing people. You know. Doing doing Little... doing normal stuff. Man, I want to keep talking stuff. about Sagarera, but we'll we'll save it for eventually doing an Andor episode. Yeah, well, at some point we will talk about Andor, and boy, howdy, are we going to have a lot to talk about? Um, that show is incredible. If you haven't watched it yet, go go binge it over the holidays. It's just fucking incredible. Um, so, um, Chris, this is your ongoing question. Yeah. So just like, and it and it it's kind of. The same as the the last two questions on the outline we have for today are the same. And it's what is added by doing the story in this way? What is added by doing it as an audio drama? What is added by hearing these stories that we already know about, like Geonosis and, you know, us knowing that Vader has hashtag issues with Geonosis, <laughs> uh, knowing that Luke is Vader's kid, which Afra has started to figure out by the end. Uh, but doesn't know at the beginning like kind of just the zooming out to be the reader and the observer of the story rather than looking in it like what is added to these things i think is just a really interesting question particularly since we're used to reading books and this is primarily not a book so to partially to partially answer that question like for me um you were mentioning how hilarious and ridiculous um this this whole storyline can get which makes sense because it comes from comics and if comics aren't like ridiculous and outlandish then are they even comics yes and but anyway anyway you know what i'm getting at um i think we've seen like a lot of riffs on or outside perspectives of um the movie canon in uh books and comics and things like that like we we get an outsider's perspective of the original trilogy in battlefront and in lost stars and in all this other stuff but we don't quite get it in this specific way i think we get a lot of um you know war stories and stories that are really poignant and um you know shed new light on you know the the, the real struggle that can go on in, ter- in in terms of um you know, fighting against fascism. Um, it doesn't always need to be serious and it doesn't always need to be lighthearted, but it's, it is it is kind of a nice change of pace to remember that it's vacant in space sometimes. And so, um, yeah, I think this is just like, just kind of like a really, I mean, Afra's character is just like so, such a, so flippant about everything. And maybe, maybe that's just a surface level thing and maybe it's not, but either way, um, just having it, having like these characters portrayed in that kind of a tone i think um is refreshing and um just like provides this reminder that like yes like fictional stories are important and they can inspire us and they can do all these amazing things and also they can entertain us and that's okay too yeah and like i i think with that kind of fun approach uh you know it's another look at vader we we have he is the main guy in in the Star Wars, um, <laughs> and you know I we see it like we it, it's stories like you know the the Thrawn trilogies, um, where you see someone else kind of taking Vader in, and I love that it's always like this guy's a fucking dumbass because <laughs> it's Anakin Skywalker, and it is correct, and Afra's like what what's happening here. Like, you know, she's she's kind of approaching him. And it, it's refreshing because, you know, the way she approaches him is so flippant um, that, you know, it's it's just wild to me to see someone approach the most feared man in the galaxy. Like, we're friends, right? <laughs> you feel it? Oh, Projecting yeah. friendship? Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know, but we we all know I love world building. So, yeah, I think I completely agree with what both of you said, and you know, Kate, I think in particular, again, just I clearly have Andor on my mind, but like 
it kind of it goes back to this question of like does something does everything need to be one thing with star wars like with andor there was a lot of conversation about you know this feels nothing like mandalorian like a lot of people being like this is better than mandalorian like i wish everything was like this and it's like and again we'll expand on this in a different episode that's more suited to it but like no because if everything was like this then it wouldn't be special like this works because it is different like it works because we so rarely get the voices of characters that aren't main characters and afra is like you know she 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 thinks she's a main character but in the scale of the galaxy she is you know a bit player she is an also ran she is somebody who goes alongside like skirts alongside the boundaries of the story and she wouldn't really work as a main character for that reason because her entire life and career is hiding in the shadows and those boundaries and i feel like that makes her a more interesting character and so doing it like this kind of contributes to that feel of her being different as a character not just um you know it being a different story because uh it's comics or whatever or because it's a different character we've never met sidebar can we talk about how like vader's entire spotify wrapped is like evanescence and um (laughs) taylor swift's reputation (laughs) that's it that's his entire that's all he listens to i swear to god (laughs) oh my god you're so right you can't wake him up inside i don't think i know a lot of simple plan i Ooh, I think ooh. no. That's just an shut up. Move. I guess I guess that's pre Vader. You're yeah, right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, but like, what's that thing where you know the music you listen to when you're like 12 to 14 is the best? Like the music that sticks with you. Not me listening to a lot of Good Charlotte this weekend. Um, oh God, my my Spotify rap is so fucking embarrassing. Like I don't even want to talk <laughs> about it for that reason. So anyway, yeah, yeah. I I I just hear all this. Yes, but like it's. You know, it's Anakin. He's you cannot wake him up inside. He's made of metal. <laughs> he absolutely listens to the Imperial March on Spotify before any particular mission. Oh, like just just to no. pump himself up. Oh, oh no. He's, he is his own hype man. Oh no. Oh my god. That's so upsetting. Plays but it I... in his head as he's like walking in. Like, you know, we just think it's the soundtrack. Cause like that's how movies work, but he right, hears that just... when he's like breaking um... into rebel ships. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, fair enough. God, Sorry, you you're just being like you can't wake him up inside because I'm just thinking of like my favorite thing, my favorite like meme or whatever the f- commentary or whatever you want to call it on the Obi Wan show was somebody being like Obi Wan was just like out here trying to be depressed in retirement and now he's being chased around by an angry refrigerator and I <laughs> <laughs> and that's all I'm ever gonna think about. <laughs> it's he's a very angry. I don't oh think he's a good refrigerator, God. although maybe, considering I almost I called think, it Mordor. Um, I think the egg would be a good refrigerator. Like it's yes, preserved. The egg is a very good refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, the dark side of the force is the force is the power is the path to many abilities. Some considered to be unnatural, like being like being a refrigerator. I come to kitchen <laughs> cooling cooling abilities. <laughs> well, you know that that all that equipment has to heat up. Like a cell phone. It's God. true. When you what have play I done? too many too many games. <laughs> <laughs> Scroll Twitter for too long. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. <laughs> like, man, Vader's just out here on the weird part of like YouTube, just listening to like weird fucking like incel screeds and stuff just to make himself feel better. Anyway, um <laughs> going back to now the I'm f- just thinking of Vader on message boards. On Telegram? <laughs> Oh my god. He would he would he would just be like the one like the the one person who's just like always screaming in all caps and angry and then Kylo <laughs> is like the guy who has all these different burner accounts saying how cool he is. Yeah, them on Reddit is a very funny thought. <laughs> oh no. All right, get, getting back to the actual fucking point. <laughs> well, I, I created this. I know what I did. I, <laughs> I I'm grounded. All right. Anyway, um, so going back to the the, the um, so, um, few things about like the it being an audio drama. I think it's like, I think these things are particularly great for you know folks who 
either, you know, they have trouble reading for various like reasons or folks who are like low, no vision. Um, they can get the whole, all the, the cool sound effects and all that stuff. Um, just, just by listening to these things. And also, I don't know, there's something like really appealingly, I think old school and retro about listening to an audio drama that really fits the whole star Wars vibe that I think is really fun. Um, and yeah, I th- also just like just focusing on people's voices and how much you can convey just in sound is just like a really interesting thing to think about. And I'm sure like people have written really interesting. Like I just like I'm just thinking now I'm like, man, I could have written a whole dissertation on like just like voiceover work probably in fiction and like how it contributes to like stuff. I just Listen, if I ever get a PhD, which I which I won't because I don't want to throw myself off a building, um, but it'll probably be in video games because it's me. But yeah, just um, rambling. Being able to like hear voices and like get like that characterization through voice, like I think is is just um, it takes a lot of special talent, and also I think that thereby creates like just kind of like this interesting thing that goes on in your brain of like, oh, I didn't think they sounded like that. Well, let's let's see what how how do i how do i think about this character now and um all that sort of good stuff just nodding real good for i famously did not listen to this because i right i can't i can't i'd have to focus on it yeah no i feel i like being distracted by seven things at once That's real. Yeah. I like, I agree with that. And I also think doing it as an audio drama, like lends kind of going back to the question of how reliable is Afra as a narrator. I think it lends a sense of reality to it. Mm. Like for me, books are always told from a perspective. And the fact that that is the case means that they are not always reliable. And particularly with Star Wars and where there's thorny questions around canon and like these two events don't match up exactly between two different books that were written, you know, out of universe by two different people and all this stuff. A good way to think about it that I like to think about it is, you know, these are primary source documents. Like this is how one person remembers it. This is how another source remembers it. People's brains do different things. Memory is fallible even if people don't have agendas they tell different stories and a lot of times they do have agendas and so that's a good way to think about it i think the doing it as an audio drama like lends a little bit more of like an actual authenticity to it in a way um just like it being in a movie is because we've seen something with our own eyes like we know that luke skywalker blew up the death star because we saw it no matter how many stories we read where like if it's about a propagandist and they're like Luke Skywalker didn't do that. It was it was uh you know he just took credit for blowing up a space station that actually wasn't even that big. Um <laughs> like we know that that's not true because we've seen it with our eyes. We've like experienced that moment. And I feel like doing this as audio allows that to happen as well. And particularly since it was a comic first almost like lends some credence to some of the ridiculousness of it which like because kate you were talking about the inherent kind of farce fart farcical farcicalness farcicality of comics sure <laughs> i was like i see i see you thinking is there a word i don't think there is think farcical qualities of comic stories um and uh doing and so having those in audio is a really interesting choice in its own way because it's bizarre and it makes no sense and like we got to hear a geonosian queen queen screeching because her battle droid babies were killed like you know it just adds like that kind of hilariousness and just that fun romp quality that star wars is is kind of famous for Right. I mean, I it's think, kind of the ooh, same way. It's farcicality. That's gross. That's actually Nailed correct. I hate that. Fuck. Oh. That's a, what a terrible word. Oh. <laughs> oh. I'm quoting the English language. <laughs> it's just too. It's too stupid. Um, it's just uh, you saying that, Chris, is just remind me of like you know the, the one of the reasons why I hate 
the Zack Snyder adaptation of Watchmen is because they took out the fake squid, the fake giant squid at the end. Yep. Um, which is a thing, which is, I kind of get why they did it because like, it's a thing that really does work in comics and is horrible. And if you, if Zack Snyder had done it, he would have just made it bad. You know, like it just like wouldn't have worked. It would have been like, this is like out of pocket and weird and almost like laughable. Like what the, what the fuck just happened? Gritty dark squid. Yeah. And the David Lindelof's um, Watchmen series did the squid and he did it amazing. Um, so yeah, which is, I don't know what my point is except to say that like, I don't know, like something, something about the translation, uh, the difference in the translation of the, of Zack Snyder's snow squid um, the squid in the comics and the squid in the the series, I think, like, is applicable here in terms of just like how do you how do you take 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 a thing that makes sense in one form and um, translate it to a different one where this thing probably wouldn't usually um, fit, but it does. Yeah, and I think that just like hearing these things acted out and having Afro just be such a compelling narrator, I think that's what makes it work because like we believe I- that like she shot at bees over Han Solo's head. And we know Han Solo's a fucking dork, <laughs> so of course we believe that he shot at bees, mm-hmm. oh, etc. Anyway. It's not I, my fault. <laughs> I also think, like, you know, having this kind of be inspired by the comics is a really, a really great choice because of, you know, just how comics are laid out. Like... It, it this isn't someone reading a comic to you but it kind of you know you get the kapows um yeah yeah like it, it's it's very much um in a similar form that you know you do i mean you can read all the the kind of setting and background stuff in in any old book but that's like a notable feature of comics is that like you know they're kind of showing them as simultaneous like you know mm-hmm. there's like the the action word or yes the, what's onomatopoeia for punching someone um <laughs> that yeah <laughs> i don't know <laughs> yeah i know what you're saying yeah, yeah yeah no absolutely absolutely but i i just i just think that's that is the thing that i thought of while we were talking about this audio drama and that is not a book as i keep calling it great that is a great point, Burby. I like, yeah, no, absolutely. I think it captures that, like, like you know, like the the text in comics comes in little bursts, and like you you do get those little bursts of like sound sound effects, and just like um, as you jump from speech bubble to speech bubble, like you switch in your head, like the voice of the person who's talking. I don't know, like the, all these little things that you like unconsciously do in your head, absolutely mm-hmm. gets like translated in a in a very similar way to to the mm-hmm. audio drama format. So yeah. Yeah, cool. and like personally, you know, I did um, when we d- did Dooku. I did actually listen to that, and it's, I don't know, for me, it's like much easier as the audio version because you know there's so much going on that I don't know where to look. Mm. Like you can't read two things at one time, but you can hear right. two things at one time. Mm-hmm. So I-, I think that's just neat. Yes, agreed. All right. Well, I think that. Are we done? I was going to say, I think that (laughs) takes us to the end of this episode. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, Remember to stay safe, mask up, get your uh, COVID booster if you haven't, and a flu shot before you do any traveling for the holidays. There's a whole lot of cooties going around, y'all. Yeah, it's bad, funnily enough. Um, We are still deciding what book we're reading next. Um, But thank you for listening to our discussion on Dr. Afra by Sarah Kuhn. Um, we will post on Twitter and Instagram what our next book is with uh, plenty of time in advance so you can read along with us. And in the meantime, if you have the means and wish to do so, please, first and foremost, donate to the hashtag Book Save Lives campaign at We Need Diverse Books. Then if you want to support us, you can donate to the Tasha Station Radio Patreon or give us coffee at ko-fi.com slash bookwarspod. Uh, it really helps us cover our hosting and production costs. Uh, uh, for 
Our theme song is Was Bang by Poddington Bear. Our logo and artwork are by Joe Butera Design. And our audio and production are done, as always, by Kristen McDonald. For all of us, Argos, Jasper, Orca, Tony, Miranda, Rana, Kate, Kristen, I am Chris. Thank you so much for listening. You didn't say me. I said Kate. No, you didn't. That did. was the second to last name I said. I don't think Right you before said Kristen. All right, you know Roll what? it back. Luckily, uh, we have a recording. I don't. Anyway, bye. I didn't hear it, so it don't matter. <laughs> Oh, nice. Fuck you, Chris. <laughs>